0: Hey guys, Brian with Cajun Cardboard coming at you from the great state of Louisiana with another episode of five questions. And today we have a very special guest. It's uh, Rob, the sports card therapist. Rob, welcome to the channel. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you joining us. How have you been?
1: Brian, man, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me on, man. I've been, uh, I was saying to you off air, uh, been, been watching what you've been doing from afar, man, and, uh, and love what it is that you're building down there in Louisiana, man. So thanks for having me on.
0: I appreciate it. Rob is a very recent second time father, correct, Rob?
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Actually, within the last week of recording this, just had uh, had my second child. He was a healthy baby boy. Came a couple weeks early, and uh, but you know I'm always looking to make that new addition to the PC, so I was happy about that.
0: If you had to describe having a second child, giving birth to your first son, and being on my channel, which one kind of ranks higher on your life your life goals, your life challenges that you set for yourself?
1: Well, I tell you, man, it's like. I knew having my son, you know, my wife giving birth to my son and my, him being my first son, I knew that was gonna be one of the best life events ever. But the fact that I'm actually here with you right now, that yeah. absolutely makes his best week ever. Without you,
0: you're, Rob, you're Cajun by osmosis today. I know you're in Connecticut, but you're you're Cajun by osmosis. Just being near me, um, fellas. Look, if you're watching the channel and you haven't checked out Rob, this is his Instagram page right here sports card therapist. Go give him a follow. Tons of great content. Uh, I found Rob primarily through his YouTube channel, Sports Card Therapist, also Sports Card Therapist on YouTube. So go check him out. Give him a subscription for sure. Uh, That's kind of how I stumbled upon uh, on Rob's channel and kind of got to know Rob, you know, uh, from a distance. And then we have a mutual friend, Amil, um sarfani and so you guys host a show called the bounce which i love and i watch every single week uh i don't ever miss uh, an episode of that um how's that been doing that show with with uh amil carrying amil
1: yeah man i tell you what uh amil has been an incredible incredible addition i think to my content creation space you know it's like uh you know i was doing sports card therapist um you know at that point for probably about six to eight months and everything was going great you know growing the brand and and kind of uh it felt like i was kind of pulling in the right direction you know so to speak and uh and just being able to link up with him and i had him on my show then i went on his show then we kind of we got great feedback and 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 we started talking we're like we need to just kind of collab what would a collab look like for us And, and we spent probably about a month trying to figure out like okay we think we want to do something together, but we're not exactly sure what, like, what would it look like? And, and, you know, I think he had to look at it like, well, how would me pairing up with him affect the slab talk brand? And I had to look at it like, how would me pairing up with Amel impact the sports card therapist brand? And, uh, and I think at the end of the day, you know, it just, it's turned out to be something great, man. And, you know, it's, 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 it feels feels just like I'm talking with one of my best friends about cards on a weekly basis
0: it 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 does it comes off natural it's addition by addition you hear addition by subtraction this is a truly addition by addition and uh I think both of you guys bring a lot of great stuff to the uh to the world of uh social media and content for sure all right I know you're strapped for time let's get cranking 10 words to describe yourself Rob 10 10 words or phrases to describe yourself and how you fit into the hobby
1: all right 10 words to describe myself. I would say, first and foremost, collector. Collector. Then I would go with content creator. Vintage. Mm. goat Goats. Level up. Therapist, which is my, my day job. And uh, self-care. So collector, content creator, vintage... Level Up, Goats, Therapist, Self-Care. Boom. Impressive.
0: Boom. You, you don't even need 10. You're, you're the first person who hasn't needed more than 10. You, you knocked it out of the park. You knocked it out of the park. You got your priorities straight. All right, let's get cranking. Question number one, Rob, if you had to divide yourself, okay, into a collector and investor by a percentage, you got 100% to work with. What percentage of Rob is collector and what percentage is investor?
1: Great question, man phenomenal question. Love it. Um, I think at this point I'm probably 75% collector, 25% flipper. Um, and so when I got, I got into setting up shows just about a year ago. So I've been setting up at shows now for about a year. You know, I'm up here in Connecticut on the East coast. We have an incredible amount of shows. Um, we are just you know, our cup runneth over with shows and, uh, it's, it's phenomenal. And, uh, started setting up at shows and I primarily started doing that because I wanted to do it for content for the podcast. The podcast has always been my number one priority. And so started setting up and I started realizing like, wow, setting up is really helping me level up in my collecting much quicker much quicker is it helping me level up kind of shuffle out some inventory and you know grab my cards but you know just like i think most of us you know from being a kid you know i was a collector so this hobby to me i feel like a kid when i'm making deals i feel like a kid when i'm talking cards i feel like a kid when i'm talking to a grown man like you two grown men here with kids I feel like a kid still you know it doesn't feel like i'm I'm trading stocks or anything like that it feels like i'm trading baseball cards
0: yeah and i'm with you and it's funny in your description of yourself you and i'm just kind of looking past you right over your ear when you describe yourself you include goats as one of your few phrases to describe yourself in the collection and it's funny because they are microscopically tiny in the background the cards that you have behind you are microscopic for me but i see the lebron ultimate collection auto i see the hulk hogan I can see that it's a Wilt Chamberlain. I can see the roof top left above Ooh, that. I can even see eye. 1993 Skybox Premium way over your left shoulder in that display case, which is not a special card, but I recognize it because I'm a Jordan collector, right? So I see goats everywhere. So you were, yeah. you were tried and true uh, on that one for sure.
1: Oh, man, absolutely. And you know what? So this glass case right here, um, this is really what my – primary pc is and and the beautiful thing about you know my pc is it's not something that has really set me back a a lot of ways you know what i mean it's like these four cards are my pc too but this right here is the nostalgia pc so it's like i this entire case is all slabs of basically junk wax that i grew up just loving You know, and and that's, and to me, that was important to just, you know, the cards that I grew up, the images I grew up, because, you know, when I was younger, I used to have the Beckett magazine. I used to get the price guide every month in the mail. Um, so I knew what the values were of, of cards, but really to me, it was more about the image and it was more about, you know, the cards that I had in my binder. So yeah. when I got back into the hobby years back, I said, you know what, I want to get all of those cards that make me feel most nostalgic slapped. And I, and I don't care if, you know, it's a $8 slab, I'm getting it and I'm putting it in my case.
0: I love it. I love it. And uh, as you know, I have an army of junk wax slabs, low end, high end. It doesn't matter. Primarily low end. Right. Because you can go you can grow a massive Jordan collection with PSA sevens and eights oh, yeah. uh, at a very affordable rate. A lot of people get intimidated with the Jordan market. You can jump in and do what you're doing. That's Skybox box premium. I don't care if it's PSA 11. That's not a big card, but I recognize <laughs> it, right? So it does mean something. It, yes. it reminds yes. me of the 93 Skybox Premium. You know, it reminds me of that era. And then you got the Skybox, the I guess the 1990 Skybox right next to it. Um, okay, question number two. PSA, BGS, SGC, and CSG. Rank them uh, in Rob's order. This is Rob's order as far as not resale value because we all are on the same page with that. I think we know what that is. I want you to rank them in order of Rob's preference. If you were going to send a raw card in to get graded, PSA, BGS, SGC, CSG in order.
1: Uh, you know, I think I would have to go with probably what the common, the common idea is, and that's uh, PSA BGS, SGC. Uh, to be honest, I I probably wouldn't even put CSG in that category yet, man. I yeah. think you're giving them a little too much. You're putting a little too much respect on their name by no. uh, even including yeah. them in that category. Uh, you know, just I think they're still really trying to find themselves. You know, it seems like they're doing big things by you know partnering up with with eBay and becoming the uh, the number one authenticator for them. But you know, the fact that they just you know they they've only you know had to redesign their entire they did a complete overhaul of what their design yeah. looks like and it Already. feels like they're still trying to find their lane in the market but I, I but you know to go back i think bgs is truly at at risk of being replaced by uh sgc they
0: are right there right i agree with you uh so you see a big three like i do i was being polite including csg they got yeah, a lot of yeah, money yeah. behind them and they've got that affiliation with ebay so i think that they're gonna they're gonna fight the fight. I see a big three, I don't personally use SGC, but if I see a card in an SGC slab, there is some element of respect from my perspective, even though I don't particularly collect those slabs, right? I've just kind of narrowed my lane to PSA and BGS, but I'm with you, man. See, SGC is definitely pushing BGS, and as a vintage collector such as yourself, you're obviously super comfortable with SGC because you know they've been in the vintage market for a very, very, very long time and are well-respected.
1: A hundred percent, man, and uh, you know when when and and I saw the the questions that you do with Amil, I thought they were awesome, and I loved how you threw out there and you are like, okay, in order, modern, ultra modern, vintage, nineties, like you know, you are asking all that. Um, so I know that you, I think you guys both had vintage last, right?
0: I think I had vintage last. Yes.
1: Okay, and it's you know that's all good. That's all good for sure. Um, but. If if I see an ultra modern card in a SGC slab, basic, I'm I'm pretty sure comps, and probably in my mind, that's probably going to comp close to a raw price, right? Unless yeah. it's unless it's like a thick stock card that you know is 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 usually comes in a low grade type card, yeah. um, you know, because you're grading eight edges instead of four. But yeah, for the most part, man. But when I see vintage in SGC i know that sgc is a tough grade with vintage so if i see a nice sgc3 or a nice sgc4 i'll stand you know i i feel very confident getting that card if it's vintage
0: for sure and the prices on the secondary market reflect that for sgc oh yeah without no no doubt about it
1: sgc sgc will oftentimes be higher comps than psa when it comes to when it comes to vintage
0: and let's be fair vintage collectors, uh, I think a higher percentage of vintage collectors buy the card, not the grade. So even if oh. they see if they see four SGC sixes, they're not going to treat all four of those SGC sixes the, the same. They, sh- they look past that slab, they look past that numerical number in the top right, and they look at the card. That's a fact. I know that for sure, because we see some crazy disparities on, on the wilt that you've got over your shoulder. Mm-hmm. Like crazy disparities of cards in the same exact numerical grade just because the IPL is completely different amongst PSA 4s or PSA 6s or whatever the case may be.
1: A hundred percent, man, and, uh, you know, you're speaking my language with buy the card, not the grade, because uh, with, you know, like you're saying, with that 61 set, 61 set is just notoriously off center, or notoriously, it is unbelievable. Yeah. But when it comes to vintage, right, it is truly the top two things I know. At least I look for, and I think most vintage guys, because I, you know, I came up learning from these vintage guys. Um, what we look for really is really centering and clarity. You know, you yeah. want to make sure they have that clarity because a lot of these vintage cards, you know, they could have bright color, they could be nicely centered, good edges and stuff, but some of them have a fuzzy look to them because the technology really? that was really printed, the printers that were printing these cards weren't always 100% and there were right. mistakes. So, so you can almost, you almost kind of have to squint and it's almost like you're looking at, you know, like you need to put your glasses on to see it clearly he's got that fuzziness factor so clarity is huge
0: yeah yep agreed couldn't agree more uh what's one thing about the hobby if you could change it right now and you were omnipotent and you had this unilateral power what's one thing about the hobby that you would change right this second hmm
1: uh you know i Love the idea of grading. Grading is absolutely necessary in this hobby. We need to distinguish, um, you know, a pristine card from a fair card, you know, all that. Um, But I think there's just kind of at times too high of an emphasis put on grading and comps when you're looking at cards, right? Like the difference between a PSA 9 and a PSA 10, say of an ultra modern card, is tends to usually be what? Two two and a half percent. I don't know what the yeah. multiplication for it is. I mean, wh- what do you know it to be?
0: It, it it honestly it depends on the card. You know, yeah. for for, for high end cards, if it you know if it's a serial number to ten gold, and it makes it a pop one card. Rob, it could be damn. It could be seven or eight to one.
1: Yeah. You know, I mean, look at the
0: eighty six player Jordan. The difference and it's the ten x right? Ten x. Yeah, man. I mean, yeah. literally ten x. Yeah. Yeah. For sure.
1: So, so yeah, I, uh, I, yeah, I think there's just this massive difference in price and value placed on a PSA 9 or a PSA 10 and I think a yeah. lot of us have probably seen these videos on YouTube and a lot of us yeah. have the slabs themselves and we're looking at this card and we're like how did this get graded a 9 this card yeah. is perfect perfect and yeah. then I've seen cards in a PSA 10 case that have a little ding on it and I'm like did this ding happen after it was in case or so <laughs> it just happened right right so I I it just seems like I don't even know if I have an answer for it or I have a solution for it, but I do yeah. feel like, um, you know, I don't know, kind of softening You'd shrink up, the margin. Right?
0: You'd, sh- you'd shrink the disparity between a PSA 10 and a PSA 9. Thank what you. about the disparity between a PSA 10 and a BGS 9.5? You'd shrink yeah. that margin too, I'm assuming, right? Same same theory.
1: Definitely, 100%, man. i with 100%, you. Um, you know, and, and I think it's for that reason that, i am not necessarily a psa 10 snob right i know and 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 i think i've heard you say before that you are right
0: one or the other psa 10 or bgs 9.5 yes i know where you're getting at And but the thing we have to remember and and you know you and i are old guys well you're not as old as me i'm an old guy but we're relatively old by hobby standards right because a lot of people came in that were super young in in 2019 2020 but just because it's this way now doesn't mean it's going to be this way five years from now. There's there's no rhyme or reason to this. I, I don't necessarily, I mean, BGS 9.5 used to outsell PSA 10. So yeah. why can't it flip-flop? It just depends. The market will dictate what the proper ratio is between those two grades, uh, between those two companies. Um, but just because it's X today doesn't mean it's going to be X, you know, five years from now, 10 years from now, Rob. And so that's something to kind of keep in perspective as well. Definitely. I like it. I like BGS 9.5 minimum gems for the rare Jordan cards in the 90s because I can grow my collection quicker. And I feel comfortable because it says Gem Mint on it and Beckett's Reputable. And yeah. so I like to grow my collection quicker with 9.5s than necessarily demanding PSA 10s, which are so much more expensive.
1: Yeah, love it, man. And and yeah. just to kind of, I think, wrap up this question, it's like – you know we just got done talking about how vintage collectors buy the card not the grade yeah. um and i think most if not all ultra modern or even modern collectors do the exact opposite 100%. they would rather i think a lot of guys would rather have a psa 10 even if like even if they know it's not perfect even if like yeah. they're the only ones that can see that it's not perfect over a psa 9 that yeah. they cannot find a flaw in
0: I see it every day in the market. I agree with you 100%. I I totally agree with you. Question number four, how many – slabs? this is a great question. I just came up with this. How many slabs do you have in your collection, and is that too many or not enough? Hmm. Approximately.
1: Yeah, and and this is a tough question because I think I have – I kind of have two different collections going, right? It's like I have my inventory – And I have my collection and my inventory are are cards that I have no problem putting out there for trade bait. I have no problem moving on Instagram or moving at shows. So and my inventory cards can range from, you know, probably um, my inventory ranges from probably about a hundred dollars to 20 K. And I probably have about 20 of those slabs in that in that ballpark, probably about 20 slabs right now that I'm always kind of shuffling in and out. Now my actual PC, as you pointed out, as you can see behind me, I have cards ranging from five dollars to 70k. And I probably have about 70 of those slabs. And those are slabs that I will probably never move um chances are most most of the slabs that I do have in there people wouldn't want at this point but they mean something to me and they're important to me so you know in total I probably have about a hundred slabs
0: so are your big boys over your right shoulder is the LeBron is that card not going anywhere or is Mm -hmm. that car is there a price for everything
1: well and I think I've heard you say this before, right? There's 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 a price for everything. What am I gonna turn down a million dollars for this card right now? The value's I think a little under 100k for that card. So would I turn down a million? Of course. Yeah. So. But, um, no, yeah. These the cards I have behind me are are long term holds in my opinion, unless I have an opportunity to move up into a higher grade the yeah. same card you know yeah. um but yeah i mean i i long term i absolutely believe in the lebron ultimate collection it's numbered out of 250 long term i absolutely believe in the 1933 goudy babe ruth uh, yeah. long term i definitely believe in hulk hogan's true rookie the 1982 wrestling all star on card auto you know it's like so those cards i do believe in long term so yeah. for me to move them um You know, now I would. I mean, we won't see
0: those in your display case at the national.
1: Probably not.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You answered my question. That's my question. (laughs) Yeah. So, but you didn't answer. Is that is that too much or not enough? Where do you see your collection five years from now? More slabs or fewer slabs? I know you love, and you and Emil talk about this all the time. You like to consolidate, and you like to, you know, the ultra modern people call it coloring up. We call it leveling up, right? Because we're not really chasing necessarily colors and rainbows and all that. But leveling up, Uh, you see yourself having more slabs or less slabs five years from now.
1: I have not heard anyone call it color up before.
0: Really? Oh, I mean, all these ultra modern people, they're like, yeah, you got to color up, you know base, silver, you know, t- take your greens and your reds and turn it into oranges. Take your oranges and, and, and your blues to two ninety nine and turn it into gold. You, you never heard that? Color so it up? Is,
1: this is like I'll one look. old man telling another old man about what the term lit means. <laughs> that's so right. that's what that yeah. is right now. So, so, yeah, so I'm all about, um, you know, consolidating. I'll buy some more stuff that I feel like <laughs> is probably liquid or that I can move at some point. Boom, consolidate again. So, yeah, I mean, five years from now, I see myself having less slabs. I mean, ideally, five years from now, I would have, you know, maybe 20 slabs in a safe somewhere or sitting behind me as I'm doing content. But, you know, it's just, yeah, probably 20 slabs that, you know hopefully are valued in the high six to seven figures that all means something
0: that are all recognizable. Just like I could recognize those four over your right shoulder yeah. right now. You want 20 of those and I don't blame you. Yeah. Um, I think that's a plan, man. Um, as an investor right now, okay. Mm-hmm. In this market, given what we've seen maybe over the last 12 months, but specifically last 90 to 120 days, generally speaking, Would you rather one $100,000 card or five $20,000 cards to work with?
1: Well, I tell you, over the last six months, what I did was I liquidated a lot of my inventory and a lot Mm -hmm. of my collection to get one big LeBron card. So that was kind of like my chase card. That was my goal. I got that. So my mindset really has always been to go for the big boy you know, go for the big boy. However, after hearing this question, I think the collector in me wants to take the five cards because I already know the five cards I would, I would purchase immediately. I would, I would evenly split it up over about 20 K and I would buy the highest grade of these five cards right here. The 57 tops, Bill Russell, rookie, the 52 tops, Willie Mays, Uh, the four, 48-leaf Jackie Robinson, the 1984 star Michael Jordan, and I would probably want to buy back my 1951 Bowman Mickey Mantle true rookie because that was actually one of the cards that I moved in order to secure the LeBron Ultimate Collection, and yeah. uh, and that just is kind of like left a void. That's it's the one it's left feel, a void in the me. You,
0: you feel the void with that one, right? The others, yeah, you did what you had to do, but that's the one you feel that you know you got to replace that void one day, and it's just on your shoulder right there reminding you.
1: Hundred yeah. percent, and and really, even value aside, like like if you were to tell me like the fifty one Bowman and the fifty two tops, which is obviously the holy grail, the yeah. you told me that they were equal value, or you put one or the other in front of me and you are like this one's worth fifty, this one's worth fifty, I would take the fifty one Bowman Mickey Mantle ten times out of ten. That's just yeah. true rookie, his first ever you know released card. It just love it.
0: Rob, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you coming on. I know you're busy. I, I don't know how you soundproof that room. I haven't heard any babies or two-year-olds or anything. Uh, your microphone, I'm already jealous of your my, microphone envy, obviously. You know, your audio is absolutely fantastic, and you got a voice that's perfect for YouTube. So I'm, uh, I'm following in your footsteps. I'm looking up at you and Emil and some of the other great content creators and just hoping that I can uh, keep up with you guys and, and collaborate and do some stuff with you guys in the near future. But thank you so much for coming on our channel.
1: Brian. I appreciate you, man. Thank you. Keep it up.
0: Okay. Have a great night, Rob.